You're listening to the Charity Champions Podcast. Each year, TFNB Your Bank for Life chooses six nonprofits from around Central Texas to recognize as Charity Champions. Tonight's Charity Champion is... Champions enjoy live on-field presentations at Baylor University home football and basketball games, online broadcast and print marketing exposure, and world-class leadership development through 360 Solutions, all at no cost to the nonprofit. In this podcast, we want to get to know our Charity Champions a little better. We're bringing those who help and those who have been helped into the studio to hear the stories behind the champions. On this episode, Legacy Family Ministries. Co-founders Byron and Carla Weathersby help engaged couples strengthen their relationship and prepare for marriage. We can strengthen the family because in any community and throughout history, when families are strong, cities and workforces and schools and churches are stronger. And now let's get to know our champion. My name is Carla Weathersby, and this is my husband, Byron, and we are the founders of Legacy Family Ministries. And what is Legacy Family Ministries? Legacy Family Ministries, we were founded in 1995, and uh, we exist to pass on biblical principles from one generation to the next. The way we go about doing that is by trying to deepen the roots of, of individuals, and then when those, if you think of an oak tree, those deep roots come together and create a foundation. We want to work with engaged couples to prepare them for marriage. So we work with pre-engaged and engaged couples. That's what most of our work is with. And then we are doing all of that so that we can strengthen the family. Because in any community and throughout history, when families are strong, cities and workforces and schools and churches are stronger. So what does that look like on a day-to-day? Is it workshops? Is it counseling? What, what is that? Well, there's three, three different ways that we prepare couples for marriage. So uh, we, well, we speak at a lot of retreats and some conferences. We do those kinds of things for marriages. But uh, to strengthen um, engaged couples, we have classes. So the classes consist of a six-week class, and it usually meets in a home, and we train leaders to lead those, and we lead them ourselves. So currently, right now, we have a Sunday night class that we're leading, and it meets for a couple of hours. So that's one of the ways that we um, engage with the couples. And then another way is we lead marriage prep retreats. So we have about five of them a year, five or six a year uh, that we do for people that can't go through a six-week class. So they will come to a retreat setting. We usually use a place called Summers Mill in uh, Salado, uh, Summers Mill Conference Center. And then we also meet with couples one-on-one or two-on-two, I guess, just individually. And we take them through a series of meetings just with us. Um, and so that's, a, that's another thing that keeps us busy. So basically, we have three options for our marriage prep. We don't, we don't call it counseling. We're not counselors. And we take more of an education approach. We don't take a counseling approach. We, we approach it more from preparation and, and educational standpoint. And so we, in summary of what Carla's saying, we have three options. We have a six-week class. That class concludes with a weekend retreat. We have a, what's called a weekender, and it is a condensed version of that same content. And then those are the two best options that people probably gain the most out of. But if people can't do that or they don't live in the same cities or one you know, or or travel permits them, then we do what we call a one-on-one and we do, a lot of those are are done remotely. 
and sometimes we do them here locally as well. But usually, if someone is local, they can go through the class or the weekender. And why did y'all? Why did y'all start this? Yeah, in 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 1995, we were helping uh, plant a church here locally, and our pastor was single, and our worship leader was single. And uh, both of them had people that wanted to get married and wanted them to do premarital counseling. And they came to Carla and I and wanted us to uh, do the premarital counseling. And, and we had three small kids and we were actually trying to start and develop a, a legacy family ministries. We were going to build a family camp. And uh, there were about 50 million reasons, 50 to 100 million reasons, mainly dollar signs that we didn't move forward to build a facility. And in that, uh, we started doing these marriage preparation classes because of time, essentially. But that first class consisted of five couples that went through our class, you know, 25 years ago. And we wrote curriculum as we went and kind of figured it out. And it really went well. And we thought, let's do that again. And it went more and more into where over the you know next 15 years, we were spending more and more time on the uh, marriage preparation and less and less time on developing the family camp. We did, uh, Legacy Family Ministries did family camps where we bought, brought families together. We did that for a, a, about 12 or 13 years. For you two specifically, um, it sounds like when you guys started, when you got it started, you were already pretty much into the, you were very focused on the family aspect and you were very focused on the marriage prep aspect. Why is were those two things important to you two? Uh, well, when we were married five years, uh, so we came out of a youth ministry background. Our first 12 years of marriage, uh, we did youth ministry. But, but in year five, our son was diagnosed with cancer and he was only two years old at the time. And we had a newborn baby and we were in Tulsa, Oklahoma, serving on a church staff there doing youth ministry. And we saw the two institutions of church and family just come alongside us in very profound ways that changed us. I think it was in the struggle of that, that we realized we wanted to give our lives away for uh, those purposes to build God's kingdom through the church and through family. And so we we really thought that it would be family camps. But then as Byron just told the story, um, it ended up God had a different plan and um, it ended up turning more into the engaged couples. And we love, we love getting to intersect with these couples in such a crucial time in their life when they're trying to really figure out how to be married. And like Byron said earlier, it's just such a, a vital role that we get to serve in to speak into their lives and to help them learn and grow and, and build that foundation. Because as he said, you know, marriages are really important. What we, what we realized is from working in student ministry, working with junior high and high school kids, most of those high school kids that, that grabbed the hold of the faith and, and had a faith tradition in their life, most of them had a single mom or a single dad or parents that were, were helping them grasp and pass those principles on. And so I think even if you went into to Baylor's Chapel or the University of Mary Hardin Baylor's Chapel and you asked, how many of you came to faith in Christ through your families? I think 90% of the hands would go up that are Christ followers or believers. And I think if you ask a follow-up question to that of how many of you have truly been discipled or, or taught the principles of the faith from your family, I, I think probably only about 25 or 30% of those hands would go up. So the church has, has really used the institution of family to be a great evangelism tool, if you will. 
And and yet I think we have lost a great opportunity for it to become a great discipleship tool of really passing on those principles. And so Carla and I, from our experience of doing youth ministry, from going through the childhood cancer, we, we just saw the institution of family being really crucial part of the faith development, faith formation uh, process. Definitely. And how did that institution affect y'all personally? Like what, what specifics of the institution of family have have you guys really hold held on to? Yeah, I think both Carla and I come from uh, both of our parents. Uh, they celebrated 50 years of marriage uh, before their death. Both All four of them are uh, deceased now. But they did a really good job of, of passing on a legacy to us, a, a holistic approach to life. And they were both very healthy in their faith journey and their, their walk with Christ. And and we appreciated that and we valued that. And, and and we felt like, because why did we get to experience that when maybe our neighbors or maybe some of our junior high or high school kids didn't get to experience that? We we wanted people to grab a hold of that and to learn some of those principles. And so that's one of the motivating factors was to basically pass on a legacy uh, from one generation to the next. Yeah. And we think that when kids get to see a mom and dad that deeply love each other, kind of like Byron and I got to see growing up. That really gives us a really big sense of confidence to the kids and they're not as insecure and they're just, it's a healthier home that they can get raised, that they can be raised in. And uh, the greatest gift we think that parents can give their children is a strong marriage rather than all the trinkets and toys and material possessions that sometimes parents try to give their kids. And so that just burns our passion in us to want to help these families invest in what truly matters instead of into the things that don't truly matter and to really like set their course early of what they're going to be about and not get distracted and get drug away into the things that can really destroy relationships. Because at the end of the day, when you're at your funeral, uh, what really counts is how deeply you invested in those those closest to you. And so we we want to really do whatever we can to help couples realize early on in the journey, like that which, mat- which matters most should never be at the mercy of that which matters least, as the philosopher said, Gute or whatever his name is, I can't ever pronounce his name, but to really um, not miss life because you're getting sucked into so much of the culture that is so empty and so meaningless and comes up short every time. And so uh, that really drives us. And we, it's our belief, and I know everybody listening to the podcast may not have this belief, but it's just our belief that God holds it all together. And unless we base it on him and his principles, that it, it might um, not be all that all that he wants it to be. And it may in, end up empty. And the, the institution of marriage, we believe, like Carla said, uh, we, we believe it was instituted by a holy God for a holy purpose. And that being to procreate the earth, but also to try to subdue the earth and bring it under control and, and also to teach us how to love. There's not a greater way for me to learn how to love than through this institution of marriage. And if you want to realize how selfish you are, get married. And then you begin to to recognize some of those things and you can start chiseling away some of those rough edges. And I, I say it like this, it's not really spiritual growth that takes place. It's really ego diminishing that takes place. And the, the ego, as the ego diminishes, we are created in the image of God. And that is shown forth more in our lives than the selfish ego that sometimes destroys. And, and, and really, marriage just teaches us how to love. And we all need to love. And this obviously, this crazy world needs a big, heavy dose of love. 
So kind of going along those lines, kind of touched on challenges of the world and everything. What were some of the challenges that y'all have faced as you? Yeah, I think I think just personally in our, our marriage, Carla mentioned we've gone through childhood cancer in our families. We've seen divorce. We've seen bankruptcy. We've seen same-sex marriages. We've seen suicide. Uh, suicide. Uh, we've had, had lots of... In our extended family. In, uh, uh, lots of outside forces. It's not like we have a perfect family or we have the perfect marriage. We just know a perfect God. <laughs> and And we need a Savior because of all that we have seen. And so some of the challenges early on was just gaining the vision to, to, and the confidence to do something that was a little bit out of the norm and to work with churches and not just work with a church, but work with a multitude of churches to try to accomplish something, but not just work with churches, but with work with the community and a city that was in dire need of churches coming together and really working together. We saw all of that. Uh, here in McLennan County, and and then and it was just a challenge of doing something so out of the norm. And, and then there's that: how do you fund it? How do you take care of the finances of it? And I think uh, speaking of challenges, like even before we launched this whole nonprofit that we felt like God had, has asked us to do, the first time Byron came and talked to me about it, we were 31 years old, and I thought, you know, I don't, I don't think that's what we're supposed to do at all. Like I was so against starting this nonprofit and launching out and starting this new thing because I was so afraid that it would fail. And I was afraid of what people would think if it didn't work. And, you know, how are we going to make this work? And how are we going to raise the money? How is, how is all this going to happen? And so we had to even go to counseling right off the bat just to sit down and figure out like, what is God telling us right here? And so I remember sitting down because I thought, I just thought there were different reasons why we we shouldn't do it. And so I, I sat down, we sat down at the counselor's office and I just started bawling in the counselor's chair. And he was like, why the tears, my friend? And, and I just wanted to get up and leave at that point. Cause I was like, I don't even want to talk to you about this. But anyway, what happened as a result of all the, we, we I guess we went maybe three times. Yeah, Carla took me thinking that I was crazy and that I needed fixing because I was dealing with some post-cancer traumatic stress yeah just some different things (laughs) but ended up and the counselor ended up needing to work on her right it was my favorite counselor it was me being so afraid you know so afraid that it would fail I had fear had just crept in and I almost missed this incredible journey and getting to watch all that God would bring to us and all the many couples that their lives would be changed and you know I almost missed it because of my fear and so anytime you start a nonprofit or you start something new that no one's ever you know, done before. Well, I'm sure there's other people that have done this, but in it was new to us. Um, there's all kinds of issues that fear kind of gets in the way for me, anyway. And the other thing is, you know, you, you see nonprofits. All nonprofits want to have a a major impact over a major regional area, if not state, national. And we wanted to do for one what we necessarily couldn't do for all. I mean, do for one what you can't do for all. And we wanted to see this happen one individual at a time, one couple at a time. And what's been exciting for us is to live long enough to be able to look in our rearview mirror and see thousands of couples that we have worked with individually, we just keep plodding away at. And those folks now, we've actually had the second generation of uh, couples uh, go through our class this past spring 
uh, we had a couple, and then this summer we had a couple sent their their children through, and, and that's that, been exciting. Though that just means we're old. <laughs> <laughs> we're just old. We just talked about the challenges. What are some of the successes and some of your favorite stories that you guys have gotten from your your work so far? Yeah, I, I think sometimes people point to what we do and think, oh man, you had Chip and Joanna Gaines go through your marriage prep class. How exciting is that? And and it has been. We've had, you know, people like Chip and Joanna go through our class. We've had David and Tony Crowder of the T- Crowder Band go through our class, David Murphy, who played baseball for Baylor, Jason Jennings. We've had you know, we've, we've had some key figures go through it. And that has been exciting to be able to work with them when they were no names and they were struggling trying to figure out a relationship where they should get married or should not. And then what that needed to look like as they launched into marriage. And then to just see them do go on and be used so powerfully, literally uh, some of them across the world. That's been exciting, but it's also been just as exciting to work with the the soldiers that get deployed and the pastors and the school teachers and the bankers and the people who are just day in and day out living a, a life of health and know that from right here in McLennan County, we're literally have been able to to see people scatter out across the, the globe. And that's been fun. I think some of my favorite stories too are just when when you see the light bulb come on, whether it, they've learned to communicate better or they've decided. Like we we recently got a message from one of our couples that implemented some of the financial principles that we talked about with with buying a home, and they sent us. This is like how many years ago? Yeah, about eighteen, 18 uh, to twenty years, years ago. ago. They went through our class and they implemented these principles. And now they were able to be debt free of this one home, and uh, they just put it into practice what they learned in the class, and they're finding so much freedom. And so I really think they, they had paid off one home and then were had sold that and were building their dream a dream home of a new house and being able to put a sizable chunk of cash down on that home to where it gave them the financial freedom, but also just the stability to, you know, live in a quote unquote forever home. And that was very encouraging because they sacrificed and worked really hard for for 18 to 20 years. And someone, you know, they just said, because y'all told us this in our marriage prep class and you helped us see the future and have a long-term view and helped us put, put some goals and some to really think through this instead of just show up and see how it works out. They really were grateful for that. So it's stories like that. And it's just stories of where Byron gets to, I think he's officiated over a hundred plus weddings. And so just to be able to stand in that space and lead a couple through their vows and to know that you've been invited into probably one of the most intimate things is just pretty special. And then to watch them come back and visit you and come stay at your house and to journey with them for for decades has been just amazing. And we don't want to uh, act like this is just about Byron and Carla. We've we've had a host of volunteers over the 25 years that also lead marriage prep classes. Currently, we have about eight or 10 couples that are trained and ready to go and lead classes in the spring or lead the weekenders. And we're telling you stories from our experience, but we could get any one of those eight to 10 couples, dozen couples that have served through the years that have similar stories. Yeah, there's no way we could do any of this without our team of volunteers. No way. And our donors and the people on our board. 
So really, we just get to be someone that gets to benefit from a lot of their hard work and a lot of their partnership with us. It, it's really not just our thing. It's it's their thing, too. And and we really have uh, gotten to see the successes of, of just one couple at a time. That actually does make a lot of sense. It maybe didn't as much make sense in 1995 as it does in, in, in 2020. So kind of actually, you guys do a lot of talking about to other people about their marriages, but how has this affected y'all's marriage? In, in, in some ways, it's, it's kept us humble. Uh, we, we don't have a perfect marriage. In fact, I still can't even believe that Carla stays married to me. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a very difficult person to be married to, and she keeps showing up. But I think that shows you that out of the natural ability to love, she probably, I might could have gotten five years out of her and she would have run out of steam. But I think we both have discovered we need something supernatural. We need something above the natural order of able to love. We need something supernatural to love, to empower us, to have patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control. And, and I think us leading these classes brings brings it around of one, it kind of puts a, a mirror on our faces of being able to look into the mirror and, and and recognize where we are struggling and where we are falling short and some of the things that we're doing wrong or we could improve on. And we're constantly improving our marriage and constantly working through struggles and, and constantly trying to develop as a couple. I like the saying too, that what God does through you, he also does in you. And so I think that because we have had the privilege of, of jumping into this marriage ministry that it has shaped us in, in in super great ways. We do get to teach these principles. And sometimes, you know, we have to ask ourselves, are we applying everything that we're trying to teach them? And sometimes we are, and sometimes we're like, we need to step it on up here. And sometimes we disagree on certain ways that you should approach things. And, you know, and we have to come back and remind ourselves, if it's a biblical principle, it transcends time and culture and you know what worked in 1240 AD in Europe is gonna gonna work in the 1800s in China is gonna work in 2020 in McLennan County. And if it's a biblical principle, it's gonna transcend those times and culture. And Carla has opinions on how to interpret those principles, and I have opinions of how that needs to happen. And and if we will be patient with one another and really listen and ask good questions and allow the spirit of the living God to fall fresh on us, we get to see a whole new perspective of who God is. And I think that's been good for our marriage as well. One thing that's really good for our marriage too, is to live for something bigger than just your own self. And so the fact that, that we get to invest into other couples, it sometimes takes our eyes off of ourselves and our own pettiness and our own silliness and our, our craziness and just our struggles. And it, it helps us to invest into other people so that we are, saying, you know what, we're going to get through this because we can't run, we can't, can't quit running. There's people counting on us. And so you're stepping into a much bigger story. And so therefore you want to, you want to do whatever you need to do to make your marriage great. So kind of shifting gears a little bit here, we've talked a lot about what you guys do and the impact that you've had and the impact that's had on yourselves. What are your guys' plans in the future and how do you plan on taking this forward? And uh, expansions, those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, I, I think as we move forward, we, we definitely have future intentions. And oftentimes we figured out when we set out 
a strategic plan and great goals, God shows up in great and powerful ways. Sometimes it is in line with those strategic goals and plans, and sometimes it looks completely different. So we we know that the Lord is the one who plans our steps and gives direction to what we do. And at, at this point in time, we're currently focused on you know our marriage preparation, and we're training more and more leaders. One goal that I would love to achieve, there's about 1,700 marriage license in McLennan County issued every year. And I, one of our short-term goals that we're about to reach is to try to, to hit 10% of those going through our marriage preparation class. And it'd be great if churches would join us and we could jump that up to 25% and then to 50%. And in a dream world, every single person that got a marriage license in McLennan County would have some kind of marriage preparation. I think another strategy that we have is to work with churches and equip churches. And we have just finished writing a small group marriage study for church small groups that we're field testing right now. And it's for marriages, not just in, not engaged couples. So marriages all the way from one year to 60 years. So it's a, it's a different uh, shift for us to invest into marriages. And so it's been fun. We've done the field test this fall. We, it was one of our COVID projects. And we're super excited to see where it goes from here. We we wrote it alongside uh, a local pastor here, Amy Castello, Castello. Uh, she helped us. She's at Meadowbrook Baptist Church, and she helped us write that and shape it. And we actually wrote it for her church, and it came out of a need for her church. And we recognized early on that this could be beneficial to marriages that have been married, like Carla said, one to one to 60 years. And another way that we're excited about pouring into mar- marriages and not just engaged couples is a legacy marriage conference. We This is our uh, second one to hold since we've come back to Waco to do this full time. And it's going to be January the 8th and 9th here in Waco. And we're excited. The topic is all about sex. And so it's sex talks. And so it's the naked truth about it all. And so we are uh, really excited to bring in Gary Thomas, who is our favorite marriage author. I think it's going to be exciting because I feel like so much of couples in their married life struggle in this area, and and this area is not fully realized. And there's a lot of baggage and brokenness and pain and just a lot of uh, struggles around it. So we're excited to maybe restore some of that and to help couples heal and help couples experience the best that God created sex to be in marriage. So last year we celebrated 25 years of ministry with a marriage conference and we we recognized and realized and we work with Waco Social to put this event on and what we call it a is a fundraiser with a purpose. We we don't want to just have a fundraiser, but we use this uh we're going to use this as a annual fundraiser to do and as we put on a fundraising event for our ministry we're wanting to also give a gift to the community and to try to support and help local marriages in the process. That's awesome. That's absolutely fantastic. You guys kind of touched on this a little bit also. So you got these big goals and everything, and you've also, this has been an insane year, 2020 and COVID and everything else that's been going on. What are, what are some of the things that you all need from the community, from others to help you grow and help you realize your goals and all that kind of thing? Well, first of all, we're so appreciative of TFMB and think the the charity champion thing is just one of the greatest things a community can have, the way it highlights all of the, the, the nonprofits that you've already selected in the past, but the ones you will continue to select. Uh, and, and so the exposure 
that we have gotten already just through Charity Champions. But I think that exposure is good. I mean, we're 25 years in the making and we don't have a marketing staff or a marketing team. And to have a a team like TFMB to do that, or if there are any, you know, all the other organizations that you guys work with to help us with the exposure. Carla mentioned the uh, our upcoming fundraiser in January. We need sponsors and sponsorships for for that event. And uh, again, all of those proceeds and all of the uh, gifts will, will go to support and help us continue with what we do. Part of that too is we need scholarships. For every couple that goes through our class, we conclude with a weekend retreat and it's about a $485 cost to for every couple that goes through, but we only charge the couples $300. And then we also want to make it available to any couple that wants to go through. So some couples pay $25. And so we're out there trying to raise for every couple that goes through $185. But for some, we're, we're out raising $460 for that. And, and so we need we need scholarships. We need help. We need support doing that. And, and then a, another thing for the future that we're working on is we're trying to put together, COVID has helped us to recognize and realize that we need a remote e-learning online version of doing marriage preparation and and technology is expensive and so we're trying to raise $25,000 to create this online course. Thanks for listening to the Charity Champions podcast. If you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to rate and review us. This helps our podcast reach more listeners. Have a charity you'd like to nominate for next season? Visit charitychampions.org and look for the nominate button at the top of the page. You can also find more information on this podcast and all charity champions at charitychampions.org. We'll see you next time.